Brother Murphy, we're here and we're ready to hear. So don't pay attention to the empty pews. Amen. God bless you. It's nice to have you all gathered with us this morning. I saw Sister Susie here. No stranger. God bless you. Nice to have you here with us. Brother Nathaniel back from Europe. We're all coming back together. So we're going to have church this morning. We're looking forward to it. Amen. Let's just turn the screen if we could hear the cries of the shackled from the onset of time. Worthy the Lamb. Oh, hear the cries of the shackled from the onset of time. For the chains of defeat, there's no key. And see the tears of the broken, the cries of the slaves. Is there no
Hallelujah. How great is our God in this morning. Blessed be your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. And we know if there's a need in your life that our God is here to meet it this morning. We're going to go to prayer at this time. Hey, Brother Wes Nygaard, could I ask you maybe if you would come please open the service for us in the word of prayer. We do have a couple of prayer requests. Our brother Alan King's asked that we would please remember Brother Don Bailey Jr. in Manchester, England. He's in the hospital with pneumonia. and He has evangelized the UK for many years with this message. Just needing a touch from the Lord at this time. Brother Tom Frey has also put in a prayer request for his neighbor who requested prayer. Um, he said he doesn't think she's a Christian, but she has a broken pelvis and shoulder and wrist and is in a great deal of pain. Her name is Susan Struthers, and she needs the Lord. Amen. Our pastor's here in the study. He wanted to make himself known to you and send his greetings and his love to you. So we just desire the Lord would also strengthen our pastor, Brother Ed and Sister Ruth, this morning. Amen. If there's a need in your life, maybe you can just lift it before the Lord. We know he sees every need, every hand. Brother West, would you come, please? Let's all bow our heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, what a blessing, what an honor, what a gift that you've given to us this morning to gather around your word. Father, we... We've been singing songs of praises to our worthy God, to our worthy Father, to a friend, to our God, to our God who hears our prayers, to our God who answers prayers, to a God who knows our comings and our goings, Lord God. Father, we're here this morning that you would just draw us closer. Father, that you would lift our faith. Father, that you would just solidify even more that you are in control, Lord God. Father, we see the day that we're living in. We've been forewarned. We've been told. But, Father, one of the greatest gifts of all is knowing that you are in control. There is no surprises to you, Father. And, Lord God, paramount on your mind is each and every one of us. And, Lord, from the bottom of our hearts, we love you. We appreciate you. We thank you for this time. Lord, we want to remember the prayer requests that were brought forth this morning. Many requests, Lord God. You know the need each and every one has, Lord God. Father, we had asked that you just answer according to your perfect will. Lord, many needs weren't made known, Father. You know who they are, where they are. Father, we know this morning that there's many from around the world watching, listening. They have needs, Lord God. And Father, we know, we have confidence your arm is not too short and you are well aware what the needs are. Father, we thank you for our pastor being here this morning, Lord God. Brother Ed, Father, we love him. Sister Ruth, we love her, Lord God. Father, we thank you for having your hand upon both of them throughout the years, Lord God. Father, we just ask you to continue to be with them. Lord, those that are away, Father, away to special meetings down in Seattle, wherever they're at, vacation, be with them, Lord God. They might not be here physically, Lord God, but Father, we know that you can speak to each and every one in a very special way. And Father, that's what we ask for this morning, that you, who knows each of our needs, Father, as your word goes out, it's tailor-made to each and every one of us to answer the need that we have. Father, may we just focus. We ask that you bless the gift and the brother this morning. 
Lord, that you would speak through them, that you would hear through us, Father. Father, now we just put the remainder of the service in your hands. And Lord, if we're taking up an offering, we just ask you to bless it. Lord God, use it for its intended use. And again, we want to say thank you, Lord. There's no better place to be than here in your presence. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can have your seats. When there is none like you, can we sing that together? I'm going to invite our sister Clements to come and sing for us. If you would please, sister, while we sing this chorus. There is none like you. There's no Before I sing the song, I just want to say, for many months, almost a year, I've always been telling myself, I'm going to sing this song. When God does this or when he does that, I'll sing that song. But then I realized, every day, God was always doing something in my life. In every situation that I was facing, he was always there, whether small or big. And it was almost like he was prompting me to say, Stop trying to plan when to praise me, because I'm always there with you. So I just want to encourage somebody, no matter what circumstance you are facing, don't forget to give God the praise, because he's worthy of it.
Thank you, sister. And do you want to bring a hallelujah to the Lord Jesus this morning? Amen. I trust you're ready for the word. We're going to invite our brother Murphy. Do we have the lyrics to Waymaker in here? I don't know if we, I know we had them at camp. I don't know if we have them here. Maybe not. All right. Well, we'll just, we'll just sing the chorus to the goodness of God. I know brother Murphy loves that song. Let's go ahead and sing that as he comes now to bring the word and we'll get the lyrics for the other song a different time. And all my life you have been faithful.
person alive here. Uh, I'm so thankful that we can be called a Christian. You know, Christian's name has been defamed uh, in uh, all that history. And I think especially in this age, the Christian has become uh, something that was uh, almost a derogatory. But thank God that there is still a real Christian that in this world that they live their life for God and surrender their whole life and at such a dark hour and they shine a light set upon this dark, dark age. We're so thankful that the Lord give us uh, time and again that we can uh, get together in the house of God. And uh, Brother Tom, uh, Brother Tim is down in the uh, Seattle area there for the ordination of Brother David uh, Mbui. And uh, people was uh, sent down there. They, uh, I heard they have uh, a wonderful, wonderful meetings there. And uh, quite our people uh, going down there as well. Uh, I thought it was going to be a half empty, but still we got so many people uh, so here. I trust that we have a hungry heart when they're hearing the word of God. And may God meet at us just as he meted uh, the senses down there in the Seattle area. So Brother Tom just asked me to uh, greet you, just make sure. And also Brother, Brother Ed was just back in the office there. I uh, just had a little fellowship with him. You know, a, a lot of time you don't need to hear a lot of a word, but when you saw the men of God, their life, uh, even that's a life alone, in this silence, it can impact your life so much. And um, I remember, uh, if you don't mind, I'll just keep you to, uh, standing for a little while. At one time, uh, I was in Switzerland. Brother Ed, uh, he was um, uh, standing behind the pulpit, and just uh, before he, uh, he was uh, preaching, and uh, he was um, pointing to the congregation. Uh, that's uh, Brother Jonathan Larriga. Uh, his, uh, uh, his mom and his, all his siblings is there. And Brother Ed asked them, each one of them standing up. And it was like a wall that in there, several children of them, all of them are serving the Lord. And of just striping young men, just wonderful uh, young sisters that they love the Lord, they give their life to the Lord. And some doing at a translation, some doing at a different things for the kingdom of God. Uh, when Brother Ed had asked them, all standing up, I was to look at them. Then Brother Ed was saying, he said, um, you know, whenever you saw a family like that, he said, you always uh, ask yourself a question. What have they done right? And then I was thinking about it. It was quite striking with me. I was looking at them. I said, what have they done right? They have a father. Their father was a translator. The father has uh, given his whole life to the translation, dying at a young age, and died on his post of duty. And it is his mom, and just never married, and uh, raised it up, all the children, I think seven or eight children, I forgot, raised each one of them up. And to love the Lord, I just look at that as the Lord, what have they done right? Then I look at our pastor's life, I was thinking about, what has he done right? And God give uh, our wonderful pastor and uh, have the vision of the Lord impact the people's life. I think it is becoming to us when we look at the message in this hour, how God has done to us. We look at the family, the different one. I can think about your testimony. I think that we ask ourselves a question. What have they done right? It's the message that you love. It's the word that you give uh, your whole self to it. To it, that's the word that, that keep our life, that it protects it us. We're so thankful for the word in this hour. Let us just bow our head. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, how we thank you, Lord. It's the word that you give it to us. Lord, it's the message of this hour. Lord, uh, has it transformed our life. And not only transformed it, 
But Lord, you have kept this alive. We give you thanks and we give you the honor, Lord. This is not what we have done. But Lord, is it everything that you have done? All the things that we did, Lord, we just yield ourselves to it. We just give ourselves, surrender our whole being to it. Then the word start to manifest. Then the word start to washing us. Start to transforming our life. Lord, sometime when we look back, we cannot even comprehend what is the work of the Lord has done that in each person's life. But that's the way the Lord doing things. Lord, far beyond that what we can imagine, far beyond what a man's idea can do, but it's the life of the word that is deposited into the person. It's not we live anymore, but it's the word himself living his own life out. We give you all the thanks and glory, Lord. Ask you to help us, Lord. Along this journey, may we give ourselves more and more to you. Lord, we are running this last lap of this journey. Lord, may we run into you. You're the one that uh, has kept us all this year. You're the one that's uh, lived a life inside of us. Lord, I pray you that live yourself out in the last of the age, in the darkest of the hour, so that we will not look left and right. We will not look at it, be disfocused by things that are in the world, but focus ourselves right on you, because you have prepared a place for us to go to. You as a promise to have a body change. We thank you, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's uh, turn to the scripture, uh, book of uh, Numbers, and chapter uh, 35. Thank you for Brother Ryan and uh, the song uh, he's leading, and also the musicians. And may the Lord uh, bless you to create a, a spirit uh, in the atmosphere that we worship Him. Uh, let's turn to the book of Numbers, chapter 35. Let's read from uh, verse 10. Let's read from a verse 9. Book of Numbers, chapter 35, verse 9. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye be come over Jordan into the land of Canaan, then ye shall appoint you cities to be cities of a refuge for you that the slay- slayers may flee thither, which kills any person at unawares. And they shall be unto you cities for refuge from the avenger, that a manslayer die not, until he stand before the congregation in judgment. And of this cities, which ye shall give six cities, shall ye have for refuge. Ye shall give three cities on this side of Jordan, and three cities shall ye give in the land of Canaan, and which shall be city of refuge. These six cities shall be a refuge, both for the children of Israel, and for the stranger, and for the sojourner among them, that everyone that killeth any person unawares may flee Caesar. Now let's turn to a book of Deuteronomy. Just a few pages uh, uh, after this. Deuteronomy verse uh, chapter 19. Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 1. When the Lord thy God has cut off the nations, whose land the Lord thy God giveth thee, 
and thou succeeded them, and dwellest in their cities and in their houses. Thou shalt separate three cities for thee in the midst of thy land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee to possess it. Thou shalt prepare thee away, away, and divide the coasts of the of thy land, which the Lord thy God gives thee to inherit, into three parts, that every slayer may flee Caesar. And this is the case of the slayer, which shall flee Caesar, that he may live. Whoso killeth his neighbor ignorantly, whom he hid not in time past, as one a man goes into the wood with his neighbor to hew wood, and his hand fetches the stroke with the axe to cut down the tree, and the head slippeth from the hell, and the light uh, lighteth upon his neighbor that he die, he shall flee unto one of the cities and live. Lest the avenger of the blood pursue the slayer while his heart is hot, and overtake him because the weight is long, and slay him. Whereas he was not worthy of death, inasmuch as he hated him not in time past. Wherefore I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt separate three cities for thee. And if the Lord thy God enlarge thy coast, as he has sworn unto thy father, and give thee all the land which he promised to give unto thy fathers, if thou shalt keep all these commandments to do them, which I command thee this day, to love the Lord thy God, and to walk it ever in his ways, then shalt thou add three cities more for thee, beside these three, that innocent blood be not a slave in thy land, which the Lord thy God gives thee for an inheritance, and so blood be upon thee. May the Lord bless this word, you may be seated. So from the scriptures that we just read, uh, I'd like to uh, give it a title uh, for, uh, for the service today, City of a Refuge, City of a Refuge. We know that in this uh, Old Testament, uh, there are so many uh, uh, types in there, uh, but all the types that we know, uh, I think that I shared it before, uh, Brother Branham said that every word was talking about Jesus Christ. If we haven't read it, uh, Jesus Christ from that, then he gave us the key. He said, you back, go back there to uh, read it again. And um, uh, we know that we live in the uh, very tremendous age uh, that we were living at. This age was different from the, all the ages that the people have uh, lived before. You know, that each age, they have a certain characteristics uh, that... Um, uh, it was, uh, uh, it was almost, uh, I'll say it was like a spirit that, uh, in that age, that every, um, person, uh, one way or another, they will be heavily influenced, uh, by the spirit in that age. And to overcome the spirit in that age, which we know the devil is the princess in that air, if you want to overcome that, you must have the Holy Spirit that living in you so that you can overcome it. You cannot just uh, try to uh, use about a trend, uh, by uh, education or something uh, that's a uh, try to um, uh, change you and try to uh, change your way of living a little bit and to try to, uh, uh, you know, do something different, try to change you because you're not a try to just overcome some uh, philosophy. You're not a try to just overcome something that in this society, this idea, you're trying to overcome in the spirit of that age. 
And that everything, everything that we saw just by our eyes, it was a spirit behind it to driven it to do the things that it, uh, to do and to the go the direction that, uh, uh, this age is to go. And the brother Berman said in the churches, he said that it is, uh, this age, uh, is, uh, he gave us three, uh, uh, characteristic of it, a soft living and, uh, uh, tension, the pressure, uh, that, uh, in this age. And that seemingly we're unfit to, uh, live in. So when he given us the character, then we know that's the, the spirit of this age that the prophet has discerned. And it is Saul, though maybe in those times is not a, um, a prevalent, uh, maybe not a, a very, uh, pre, you know, the sticking it out to the, the people. But as the time goes by, when we live in, and when we live it right now, we saw that it become a, such a predominant thing that in this age, that the pressure and that a, a pressure of uh, wealth, the, the richness. And we would think of how, uh, how uh, wealth and the richness can become under the pressure. And you're thinking about that, that's exactly what that happens in, in this age. The people used to live in the, the poor life. They don't have uh, not much to uh, uh, compare, try to uh, fighting for. Because all they try to do, uh, there was not much jealousy in there. Everybody was just uh, living very commonly. Uh, you know, uh, they try to uh, make a living, just go to work and uh, uh, live in a small house and uh, uh, try to uh, find it, uh, 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 just get uh, the food for the, for the family. And it was just, uh, life was much, much simpler than what we're now. But now what we're living in that age, everything becomes so complicated. Uh, you said, no, the, the technology supposed to make the things easier. Technology never makes things easier. Technology makes things become more complicated. And then when the people getting older, it, it become more complicated than ever. And I remember my mom told me that, that in China there, they have to, uh, they go to the hospital and she cannot even go to the hospital because everything has to go by phone. And uh, uh, you have to register. Uh, there's no people in the front desk. You have to register it by phone. If you want to call the ambulance, you have to use a, uh, use a, uh, the register by the phone. If you want to find that a certain doctor, everything is to go by phone. One day, my mom was so scared because uh, she got a... She got some, uh, uh, she feel that the disease was coming, uh, coming on her. She feels sick and she couldn't know how to, uh, get onto the phone, try to register to find a doctor. She had to run out of the house to knock down on the door of the neighbor and to the, so they can come out of the young man coming out to help her uh, to, uh, go register the things that are on the phone so that he can even go to the clinic to do the checkup. You know, the technology just makes things become more complicated than ever. And then the people become more pressurized than ever. And then the soft of the living. And before the people, they just go out to the, the split to the woods and make a fire and, to the, you know, just uh, uh, get to the water boiling or get to the uh, cooking done. But now you have to know how to use the stove. And the side, you, you have like electric, electrical stove, you got a gas stove, uh, they even have the, uh, in, induction induced or induction, whatever, I, I don't know the, n- the name of it. And uh, it was so, such a technology, you put the pot on, and uh, the pot, uh, after the water was boiled, and uh, the pot is not, uh, not even hot, you can even touch it. But uh, for operating that, you know, the technology making everything so complicated, uh, I just want to burn a fire to, uh, co- uh, to do some cooking. But now, what temperature you have to be on? You know, you, do you want a conventional, uh, baking or you want to, you want a fan on? Yeah. 
Bacon is is a bacon. Stir fry is a stir fry. Who cared? It would still tasted the same. And to the everything, you go to the uh, the, the washer or the dryer. Oh, man, you almost take the aliens. Uh, almost have the co- uh, college education to know how to turn on the knob. You know how many? Would uh, you want a fluffy air or you want a or you want a hot air? You're normal. Yeah, you know, just dry the clothes, please. You know, everything become a complicated, and then build up a pressure. That's what is the age is supposed to do. What is it behind that? Satan's behind it. It's not that his purpose is not trying to make life easier for you. His purpose is to try to make life complicated for you. And that all the tension. And that the, the, the uh, Brother Bram said that the people drive on the road over the 20 miles. And it was the 90 miles of the speed. And uh, uh, go uh, try to get home. Uh, get home and uh, kick off their shoes. And just to try to uh, get a little drink to quieten their spirit down. And uh, you know that's the age that we're living at. And the, the, the people, when they saw the living in the age, they tried to do everything they can, try to beat the, the spirit of this age. But they can never beat the, the spirit of the age until they get to the, the spirit of God living in them. And Brother Bram said, then they're letting off the, the pressure. He said, I think that's what's causing so much pressure. He said, we're on the run. That's what is the matter with the world. Knowing they are wrong. You don't have to, to tell the, the, the people, uh, that's even not to the believer, they know something is wrong. The pressure on this age. And so you're thinking about the life that we're living. You think about the job that you're going to. One job is not enough. You have to get a two job and to uh, even to pay the bill. And to the, everything, the marriage can give you the, the, the pressure. And that the family can add on to the pressure. And that the wife and maybe just say a little thing, sir. And they've been married for years. And the one little thing, sir, probably doesn't even say, doesn't set it in the right spirit. And that the husband got mad and then a quarrel started, an argument started. And just from one little, probably just arguing about, uh, should I put a salt in the, in the, uh, uh, in the food or should I put a black pepper in there? You think that's a joke, but some people get divorced from that. That's a, that's a, what is the world is going. What's the reason? Pressure that has been built up. And uh, 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 did I talking to the aliens, or or this is only for the people on the internet? You don't have this as a problem. And to the family, I'll give you a quote that that's applied to everyone. And then to the family. The, 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 the pressure, that all this is a build up of pressure. And that if people have money, they need to have more money. That build up a pressure. You gotta find somewhere that you can let off to the pressure. I'm so glad that the prophet preached that the message, let off to the pressure. And you think about the students that they have that the pressure to build it up. Should I do the homework or should I not do the homework? Of course you have to do the homework. Otherwise you won't get passed. But you know, the all everywhere, no matter you go to the college or you go to the BCA, everywhere you go, some people said, you know, I, I just want to be the woodsman. I just go to the, to the wood. I never come to the a city life again. Oh yeah, you go, you pack up the cooler full of the candy bars, full of granola bars and try to be a woodsman when the supply run out and then you don't know how to live anymore. And you know, the, the pressure of the, the, the people, they try to get off of that, but they will never get off of it until they find the, the source to deal with it. 
And so the Jesus Christ is the only one that you can run into, can let off the pressure. And not only that, let's talk about a believer. Believer have a pressure too. And that the pressure for the believer, many times, is not only just the job. It's not only the marriage life. The pressure is not just only from the world to the living or, uh, or where we just mentioned, that we're just talking about. A lot of the time, the pressure was built up. You don't even know where the pressure coming from. You're sitting there, you just live your life, coming to the, the church that's supposed to be the heavenly place where you go home, somehow, some cloud just coming down without even you knowing where they're coming from. You got a wonderful husband, love you. You got a wonderful wife that love you. You got a wonderful children. Everything you just don't know just by sitting there that you feel the, the pressure. Just by sitting there, just you have a job, you can do everything. Those things, a lot of the time, it doesn't bother a believer. But we're just sitting there by doing, not doing things that is the evil, but not doing things that is wrong. But just because you're living in this age, the pressure automatically starts to build it up. That just shows there is a demon that's behind it and everything. And there's another source that the prophet was saying that the pressure was to build up. Not only that, the coming of the Lord can build up a pressure. We're thinking about it. That is the right thing, actually. That is the things that we're expecting the most. That for the believer, that's the only thing that we're looking up to. But the prophet said, the coming of the Lord can also build up a pressure too. Lord, am I ready? Lord, I feel that I'm not doing that what I ought to be. How can I have the rest? Go into Him. He is the rest. If He is the coming, He must have a somebody that is ready for His coming. Yes. But the Bible said, knowing the coming of the Lord is at hand. And that the pressure is building up. And they're on the run. Roadhouse is talk about the people gambling down. Luxury, sin, immoral, decay, anything to give a vent. And he said to listen, listen at the television, dirty joke, anything, try to give a vent. They're on the run. There's something fixing to happen. They know it. And they're drinking themselves to death with pleasure and everything else on the run. They know there's something fixing to happen. The world speaks of it. We know that something is fixing to happen. This world may be blown up before daylight. Every nation is under tension. This is the world that we're living in. And not only the believer, you talk about an unbeliever that on this earth, they realize that something is wrong. Something was terribly wrong, but they just cannot pinpoint it to it. And they said, oh, this is because of that, because of that. It's not because of that, because of the demon of this earth. Demon of the, the evil, the prince of this earth. He's the prince. He's the controls of the everyday life of this world. But thank God, there is a prince that are coming. Who is the prince of Jesus Christ? They're going to take it over of this earth. But the Bible said, but there is a pressure on the people today. And that pressure has no limitation. Or any denominational lines. It has a no age line. It has a no respect of a person. 
It's on young and old, good and bad. It's on everybody. Pressure. No matter you are a believer or not a believer, the pressure will come upon you. Because of the spirit of this age is a pressure, tension, and softer living. And then he said it will let off the pressure. He said all this together, this tension building up, then the results of it is doing something wrong and acting out of place. What does the pressure try to do? The pressure will try to do to let you to make a wrong decision. It's to pressurize you, let you try to, when you try to make a decision, when you try to uh, make up your mind to do the certain things, as a believer, you know what is right and what is wrong. But when the tension starts to build up, the pressure starts to build up, then you start to do the thing that you're not supposed to do. And then it said, now it will make the poor act that way. It will make the middle class act that way. It will make the rich act that way. It will make the wrong act that way. It will make the pretty good act that way. And it will make the good act that way. Because it's a tension, steam build up. And no matter you're a good person or not good person, you're all under the pressure. Or I can say no matter you're a believer or not a believer, you're all under the pressure. Even you are a good believer. Even you are a tremendous spiritual as you can be. But you can also be affected by that. And the one you are be affected by that the pressure and attention and the, the purpose of the devil's doing that is to let you make a wrong decision. Then you are, and he said, and we know the coming of the Lord is at hand. And that the Bible said in the last day that the devil would go about like a roaring lion. And if he could get you under pressure, hurrying, running over something, you will make decision that you wouldn't make if you would sit down and think it over. When the pressure starts to build up, when the pressure started to rise up along your life, and you can't even hardly sit down and to make it a right decision. You can hardly even sit down just to start to think it over. And the pressure was coming to you, and they said, you gotta make the decision, you gotta make the decision. And many times, even for a believer, then they are, they know, they know what is the word of God has said. They are coming to the point, but because of that outside, that the pressure rise, they start to uh, build it up on them. And then they just uh, randomly just made something. They probably never would do that. And afterward, they start to regret. And then it caused, uh, uh, we'll, we'll say that it caused uh, the self-inflicted uh, pain. But that's everyone it has to go through. It's not only just a, you know, you're the spiritual, you're the stronger person, that is spiritual speaking, that it won't happen to you. Everyone subjected to that. That doesn't make you become an unbeliever. You're still a believer. You're just a good believer, make a wrong decision. When you're doing it under the pressure, it never makes you say that you're an unbeliever, say that you write you off, you will never go to heaven, you will never to, uh, go to the, the body change. In the court of it, you're still a believer. It's just something that pushes you, lets you do things normally that you will never do. 
And then in the let off the pressure, Brother Branham said, he said, I you know, in all of this, the doctor don't have that answer. Because they're a plague with it too. They don't have an answer. They don't know what to do. Doctor don't even know what to do. Brother Branham even said to the doctor, have to find a doctor to doctor him. And that's exactly what's happening in this age too. He said he would give you a tranquilizer. And when that, when that wears off, you are more nervous than you was in the first place. And like a drunk man taking an extra drink to get over his drunkenness. Isn't that insane? But isn't that what is the people try to do? They know it doesn't work, but it comes to them to go to that. And just, hopefully, someday, somehow, and a magic happen, it, it work. The world will never provide you an answer. Amen. You know, if you are uh, like, uh, I think someone, I think it's even Brother Ernie was said it before. And even though the people that go to the denomination, the church, every day, every day, they know something wrong is there. But they're just hopeful they're going there someday, magic happen, and somehow they're going to change. They were never going to change. The prophet said it was going to go to worse and worse and worse. The world is the same way. The people get a robbing, uh, uh, robbing the shoulders with the world and uh, try to put out the hope on there. They hope on someday, somehow, it is true the whole world is going to get any better. Years by years, so the world has to prove it itself. It will never get better, but it's getting worse and worse. The doctor is not an answer. Though the doctor has a more, has a more medication and more scientists, but a doctor will not give you an answer for it. No matter how the, uh, how the medication, how the scientists, how the each of things that are, uh, how developed it is, but their development can never catch the speed of the sickness and the diseases happen. They're coming faster than they can put out to the medication to give it a cure of it. But God has an answer. That's what we want to take. Talking about to have an answer, God has got an answer. He is an answer. Christ is an answer to every problem we got. Remember that the prophet said over here, he said that Christ is the answer to every problem that we got. It's not just that a message give you an answer for the problem that we got. It's not a certain person have the answer of a, for the problem that we got. It's a Christ. He's the answer for every problem that we got. You find out that time after time, you find out that the people that are going to church, and that they even, uh, uh, I'll say even reading the message, and that they even listening to the tape, and but they never received the person of Jesus Christ. They can find an answer from the book that they read. Isn't that something that the people that are in the uh, in this world that they were living in? And the, you know, they have the, the book of this year. They have the, the book for marriage. They have the book for, uh, you know, how to uh, build up your self-confidence in them. All kinds of uh, this book. But that's not an answer. You saw, you saw that the people who read the, the book and the listening to the, the program, does their life change? Does their problem solved? There's a problem after the problem. And then their life is in a mess. 
Those things, education doesn't change their mass. All those things, so no matter what's a, what's in the books that are read, no matter what's in the tape that are listening, what are programs that they have, all of those things can only temporarily give you a relief. But it will never solve that a core problem. Because the prophet said that the problem of solver is only laid in the Christ. He is the one to solve every problem. And you can see that the people who can have a tremendous knowledge about the Bible, about the message, and know almost every answer for every situation, but their life still is in a mess. What's the problem? They never receive the person. It's when you receive the person, that person directs you to the Word of God. When you're the person living inside of you, He becomes the answer. He give you what is the word has said. It's not just that you try to educate yourself, try to go into the word, find out its answer, find out the answer. People even go to the message, try to find out an answer. But try to go to the message not to find an answer. Go to the message is try to find the person. It's not just your mind started changing. It's not just your intellectual started changing. I'm changing my way of doing things. I'm going to the church to change my way of doing this and doing that. I'm going to treat my wife a little better. I'm going to treat my husband a little better. I'm going to learn how to treat my children. You receive that person. When you receive that person, that person living inside of you, he becomes an answer for every problem. Without that person living inside of you, even you know the knowledge how to do, you don't possess the ability to do it. That's why one of the people don't have the person of a Christ, don't have the life of living in there. They can quote it in the word. They can do this again. Said the brother Bram said this, you know, the message is said about that. But it never produces the fruit. Because there was no person living in there. All oh, it just become a head knowledge. And without the person living inside of you. You, can, you will always misinterpret the word. You will always misplace the word. You will always dislocate the word. But Abraham said that Christ will reveal in his word. He said that you must not. There's a three must. You must not misinterpret the word. You said, well, I believe it meant this. It meant just what it says. It needs no interpreter. You must not misplace the word. And you must not dislocate the word. How to do that? Not by intellectually we try to understand. But by that person living inside of you. When a person living inside of you, he will always interpret his own word. And he will always place his word right in the place. It's when a situation starts rising up. It's the person living inside of you directs you to the right word to say. Directs you to the right word that will you believe. You know, how can I overcome? But remember talking about the experience that he had. And one day he was, uh, he was just going on the, the hunting trip. And the one he was uh, uh, just walking in the, in the valley there. And he saw there's a little, a little uh, creek. Uh, the branch of the waters was going there. And there's a, a big log. 
uh, in the late end of the water there. It was a beach log. And uh, he was a jump on it. And uh, there was a whole chunk that was a fall off from the log. And then uh, uh, he, he got inspiration from that. And then when he was said it in the how can I overcome? And he said, uh, he said, I said that that's the way the Christians are becoming. He said that they've been dead in sin and trespasses so long till they become a dody. And that log there laid in the water and it was a lady in there so long. And then when a prophet would jump on it, the big chunk fall off it because of the log it become a dody. It becomes so soft. He said that they can't hold no weight at all. They don't know what the overcoming means. And then Brett Ramsey said, I began to think of this text. Overcome, keep life in you. What makes that log become what it, what it is? It's because the life has a wine out of it. If that log has a root and the, just lay into the ground, Though it was a lay at the side of the river there, but a root gave it, uh, has a life in that it can uh, dug it into the soil and it can draw the water. The water can keep the tree living. But when the life came out of the log, came out of the tree, though the log still looks perfectly fine, though the log looks like it's still uh, it was solid as a firm and just like a big tree, but does it always have? But because of the life as a one of it, and then when the log was laid in the branch water there, then it become a dody. It was like a Christian. If they're a planted that added to the river, even though there's a life that's living inside of them, then the water that was constantly providing life to them, then they won't be soft. They won't be laying there become a dody. But when the life came out of the little believer, though on the outside is still the same, but when the life went out of them, it just become a head knowledge, then they cannot hold a pressure anymore. So that's why Brother Bram said, overcome is to keep life in you. When life went out, that's what brought the log to that condition. And it made it worse than ever when he laid in the branch where the water was. So what is it overcoming? Overcoming is to keep life that is in you. And then Brother Ramah said, then you take a Christian that's supposed to be a Christian. Let the life of God go from him and that experience the joy of serving Christ and living in the church where such is going on, he rotten twice as quick. And the right living, right ender. What is it? One life going out. That's why the whole thing for a believer is to keep the life that inside of you. What is it? Is the world that the demons that they try to do is to try to take the life out of you. He doesn't try to take the knowledge out of you. He doesn't take it, try to go into church out of you. What devils are try to do, take the life of Christ out of you. Let you sit in in the church, listening to the preaching, even reading the message, but without having the urgency, Lord, let the life living inside of me. When life runs out of the person, then they cannot hold weight anymore. Then in the pressure of this age, 
start to affect them. And then one of the pressure of this is start to go in because there is no life in them, then they become a crushed. Then they become a head of nerves to break down. Then they become a break in a little way because they cannot hold weight any longer. But if the person who has the life that's living in them, though the pressure never change, though the outside world or the influence that try to tempting the well, the tension of this in an age, everything was to try to, to try to break him. But because of the life of living inside of them, no matter how severe, ferocious of an attack that a demon is attacking them, they can always hold it against it. Because it is not them living, but it's the life of Jesus Christ that's living in them. So Brother Brahma said, so if we are trying to follow the message of the hour, or at least this part of the message is that we should live constantly in the life of Christ. If we try to follow the message, or at least this part of the message is that we should live constantly in the life of Jesus Christ. Because if you don't, you lay around and know that these things that you are supposed to do, and don't do it. The Bible said, He that noticed to do good and does it not to him, it's a sin. Then you become a doty, rotten, when you are separated from the life of God. So strive with all that is in you to stay in life of Christ. That you will be fruit bearing. So he said to stay in the life of Christ. Some people there said, oh, we got the light of a, a life of Christ. They baptized, they're going along. But it's to strive to stay in the life of Jesus Christ. It's not just a one-time deal. It's not just one time I did it. It's not just a, I had an experience with the Lord. But constantly stay in the life of Jesus Christ. That's why we're reading the Word. That's why we're going to the church. For one purpose... It's not trying to gather the information. That purpose, we stay in the life of Jesus Christ. And then he said that, how can I overcome? But Abraham said that this is the age of life. Personal life of Jesus Christ. Where the chemical of this body, what was in him. He said, first under justification, the water baptism. Second, under the new birth of a Wesley sanctification which cleanses. Then thirdly, under the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Putting the sanctified vessel into service. God cleansed a person. And then, he firstly justified a person. Then he cleansed the person. And then they become a vessel that says for the service, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the life of Jesus Christ living inside of them. Though it sounds it's very simple. Though it sounds that that's the things that are probably as elementary as it can be because we haven't learned that. But the question is, do we really have it? Do we really make that become our first predominant full focus of all our life? To let the life living in and keep parasite living inside of the life. And in order to do that, 
We must be lined up to every word of a God. Whatever the word has said, we have a desire to ready to line up with everything that God's word has said. That's the whole beginning of it. Because without the desire to line up a wizard of the word, then the people can become a dolly just drifting along, just drifting along, just coming to the church and going to the back home and living a life. And sooner or later, they cannot take a pressure anymore. How many times have we saw that the people who used to believe the word, believe the message, but when the pressure of life started coming, and that the people, this, uh, this person said that, so that person said that, then it started falling away. What's the problem? They never, that the life really living inside of them and living in the beginning. If they really let a life living inside of them and a desire to line up with the word, then they are constantly living in the life of a Christ. Nothing gonna take them out of it. In invisible union. He said, now, but you notice, when the people begin to try to lie with the word, there comes a fresh message from the word of a God, right straight to the people. And they catch that message and line up every time. That's one of my favorite quotes here. And he said, when people begin to try to lie with the word, that means the person must have a desire. Not desire just to try to, oh, I receive the word, I believe in the prophet, God send the prophet. But they have a desire to line up with the word. Amen. To line up, that means you want to shoot at a target. It's not just something which is a, a random and aiming at it. It's the one you saw the target and you tried all your best to line up yourself with exactly what the word has said. Only then, then the message from the word of a God will give it a will right straight flight to that a person. And many times you find out it's just on that point that the people will not do it. They can enjoy the atmosphere, that they enjoy that the surrounding that of the church, of the, the people, but it never really determined that in their heart. Try to line up with the word. When a person don't have that a determination, that are living inside of them, I want to line up with exactly what is the word of a God said. I want to pay the price, no matter how much a price that will cost me. But no matter what's happened, I want to line up with the word of a God. It taking a determination like that. To that a message of an hour flying right into them. He takes a determination like that. So that they can line up with the word. Then God gives them a personal message. Not just a general message. Many people can have a general message. The message is not for us. The message is for me. The message is not for them. The message is for you. Singular. But only when a person begins, try to line up with the word. Then there's a fresh message from the word of a God, right straight to that person, to that people. God don't just give us a general message that we can hide it ourselves, that in the general congregation. The message is for person. Because the message is a person. That person must live in an individual person. 
It's not just a living to the family. It's not just a living to the church. But it's a personal gospel, personal message for that a person, that individual. But when that a person has a desire, wants to do it. No matter what cost they need, I'll pay. I'll pay for it. I'll pay for that. Just like a Samson. When Samson, when he was in this, uh, in this uh, backside of situation, a condition. But in his heart, he had a desire. Lord, once more. When that desire, the inside of him, that pushed him to do the things that a normal would not do. He said, I would die. Even I put up, even I have to sacrifice my life, I would do it. Just for once more, Lord, for the life to come along me so that I can brag the victory over the enemy. I was thinking about the other people that no matter what situation that you are in, there's a one determination must be coming into the believer. If you're in the backsliding the situation, they don't need a, you try to run this and do that. You need one thing, Lord, to put that determination in me. No matter what cost it is, Lord, I want to pay that cost. Try to line up with the word. When you begin to try to line up with the word, then God sends a message in. Then God's life is going to him. It's not that you can do it. You will never be able to do it. But He wants you to yield yourself to Him. When you have a desire to line up with God's Word, say, Lord, whatever your Word said, I want to do it. When that wants is in you, then that ability will follow that wants, will go into that wants, then become a power that is in your life. It will transform your life. That's all you need to do. Lord, I want to line up with the Word of God. Amen. When you have that determination in you, then the power will follow. Amen. But God sent us as a place that we can let off the pressure, which is the Jesus Christ, that what we're living in this hour. We know His coming is right at hand. But it doesn't call, it's not supposed to cause us a panic, but give us an urgency of it. The urgency is what? To get to the life. When you have the life, stay in that life. And that is the Christ in Himself. And the title is a city of a refuge. And we look at the Bible. And it was talking about the city of refuge, the scripture we just read. Then I was thinking about, what is that city for? It was a city is for the refugee, if we can call it. Because it's called the city of refuge. So that the person who is not purposely slayed to another person can run into. And the, you know, in the, I'll do a little search. That in this, uh, just in uh, 2020, in the whole world, they had about a 20 million refugees. And I think it just recently happened in Ukraine. And there's, uh, I don't know how many, uh, probably millions, millions of the people. And they're, uh, they're wonderful people, educated the people. And some probably even the business, businessmen. And uh, some of the common people. But all of a sudden, they become a refugee. 
What makes them become a refugee? It's because of the things that a war happened. It's not that they want themselves to become a refugee. They never want to become a refugee. They never want to just, uh, you know, just uh, leave their home and live in a tent. And in the winter time, they're trying to run out of that for fun. They become a refugee because of the, the unseemly circumstances that happened to them, forced them to become a refugee. And they never desire just uh, to, uh, you know, get out of their home. But the war and different things that happened and to push them out of their homeland. You know, for the city of a refuge, that's sort of the same thing. It's for the people who is not a purposely slave of the person. And then God had given them a city. They called a city of a refuge so they can run into. So there must be having a certain criteria that they have to be qualified to. They cannot be just a, a person that is slayed out of the person and mur- murdered of the person. Even they go into the city of a refuge and holding the altar, uh, uh, holding the horn of the altar, then they will be pulled out. I was like, why did I come up with this? Because uh, uh, during the camp time, they asked me to uh, play the role in the in a skid, let me play to the priest. And then afterward, I was thinking about, hey, that's actually, that is the scripture. It was a, that is absolutely the right thing, uh, that, uh, what the scripture was talking about. So then I started thinking about, this is a city of a refuge. And we all know the city of a refuge that's talking about Jesus Christ. And he is our city of a refuge. But to go into that, you must be having a certain criteria that you uh, you have to be qualified before you can get in. So Brother Branham said in the land of the pressure. And he said, uh, he said, now if a man killed a man, just a deliberately premeditated, he was lost. He could not come to this place. But if he did it accidentally, he didn't mean to do it, then there was a city of a refuge. He said that the people could have come to this city of refuge if accidentally he done something wrong. He didn't mean to. He would have come to the city of refuge and go to the gate. The gatekeeper would ask him why he coming. What was his idea out of coming? Then his case was a plead. When his case was a pleaded at the gate, and that in a man he found it innocent, he did it not willfully, then the man was taken into the city as a place of a refuge. Then the enemy could not get him. So as it said, there's a certain criteria that's here. If we can just uh, summarize it in this, number one, he must be uh, not to deliberately do that. If I can put it in a message term, it's not that you desire to sin. Because we know what is the wages of sin. Wages of sin is the death. So first, you must be not a desire to do it. And then the second, that also, that a person must be willing to go into the city of a refuge. It's not a purposely desire to do it. That's the first. And then he must willingly to go into the city of refuge. And then third, he must have a desire to living in there. 
He must have stay in that city of refuge. It's not that he tried to stay, but he must desire to stay. He cannot be gruntled. Is that a gruntled word or a grudge? You know, just not happy. He cannot, if you're not happy to live in there, they throw you out. You must be feel happy to living in there. And you cannot complain that living in there. And you must let your whole life be confined that in that city of a refuge. You're willing to stay. And then that you will be granted the privilege to stay in a city of a refuge. And then Brother Brahma said, in the letting off the pressure, he said, and there's a two class of a people today. There may I say this, there's a man and woman in the world today. He said, Brother Rottle, that really don't want to do the things they're doing. There's a man and a woman in the world today, they don't want to sin. He said, I feel sorry for them. They don't want to do anything wrong, but they do it. They are drove to it. Now there is a place for that person that wants to do right. There is a place to let off that pressure. It's true, but there is a some that doesn't even care. So who can grant you the entrance to the city of refuge? Is those the people that don't want to sin? It's those are people that want to do right. What a, I was thinking, what a blessing, even for a person that don't want to do wrong. And let alone to give it a, what a blessing for a person even wants and desire to do things that is right. Because in that person, then they will, the Lord will give them a, the rise to go into the city of a refuge. Then I'm thinking about the believer. And sometimes you find out that the believer, the sense that they cannot just live a victorious life. It's not because of they don't want to. They want to live a right. They want to, no, they don't want to do things that is wrong. But somehow the Satan will constantly make them to do things that is not right. And somehow, inside of them, though they want to follow the Lord, want to live a life for God, they want to dedicate their life to the Lord, but just for a short period of time, then they just give it up. Then go back to the old rod at it again. But let me say to you, God has a place for a person like that. Even a person only desire to do things that is right, God said, I give you the city of refuge. Even in the person inside of them, they know that is wrong. They don't want to do it. God said, I give you the city of refuge. But brother said, if you want to do right, he said, I'm so glad tonight to tell you that there is a city of refuge. That is a Jesus Christ. If you don't want to do wrong, the enemy is after you, then there is a way of escape. And that escape is Jesus Christ. 
is that person, it's not just in a book, it's not just in a tape, it's not just in the voice, it's just in a per- person of a, a pastor of a, or going into a certain church, but it's a person of a Jesus Christ. If you don't want to do wrong, if you want to do it in the right, Christ make himself available for you. There's a place where you can come and let off the steam. But if you love to sin, and you don't want to, God, then the enemy is going to overtake you somewhere. You can't come to Christ because you don't want to. You must be willing to come to it. Then you come to the church. It's not just seeking for a lie. It's not just seeking for knowledge. It's not just seeking for some temporary relief. You're coming to the church. It's a seeking for life. You're coming to Christ. You're reading the word. It's for one purpose. It's a seeking for life. And not a temporarily stay there. You know, for a refugee. And a lot of the time, when they're a place that they're staying, is only for the temporary. And that, uh, I, I, I speak to that when I was in, uh, in uh, Seattle there. And when I look at it down, all of a sudden I realize there's a lot of our refugees that are in that church. Uh, probably is it in our church, what are the, some of the, the backgrounds that are coming from a refugee uh, status is it as well. It's not because they want to become that, but it would have forced it to become that. I was thinking about uh, some of the people that are coming from Rwanda. And they've been, um, they had a genocide over there. One million people was killed. And just because they're race, just because of their, there was some kind of a, a tribe, and then uh, some politician stirred the people up, and then it killed in each other. One million people was killed. And some people that are from the Congo, from the eastern side, when they have a, uh, the tribal, or uh, having a civil war over there, I remember even some of our other people, that a brother Timothy on a toko has to hide them that under the, uh, in the trunk of the, the car to let them get out of the country. They become a refuge, refugee, not because they wanted, but because of the circumstances that are around them and force them into becoming a refugee. Then I think it about the, for the believer. If you have a heart, if for the people who's in a predestinated seed of a God, if they have a heart, they're desiring for God. They don't want to do wrong. They want to do to the right. Even for our young people. You're thinking about, I'm thinking about it. They're going through the struggle. They're going to, they do the things that they don't want to do. But in the heart of a heart, they have a desire for the Lord. If you have a desire for the Lord, then God will provide a city of refuge for you. But when you come into the city, you cannot just afford just seeking asylum. You cannot just seeking just for the temporary, just to give you a little protection. Then you go now, you must be willing to stay there. In the city of a refuge, you must be having a desire to go in and have a desire to stay in where you are. Because that is your protection. The word in this hour, Christ, that's your protection. If you get out of him, then your life will be killed. Because there is a pursuer that a pursuer avenging 
for to shed the blood. Because the slayer is not a purposely that he slayed the person. Then the relative has the right to kill him. When you sin, then the master of sin, Satan, he has the right to kill you. Because the wages of sin is the death. But if you run into the city of a refuge, no matter how the avenger outside try to threaten you, but he doesn't possess the right to do so. And then Brother Ram said, when a man come in, in an Old Testament, that the first thing, he had to come upon his own free will. That's the way you have to come to Christ. When he once got into the city, he could let off the pressure. He was safe. He was all right because there was a provided a place made for him. God provided a way for that innocent man not to be slain, but could be exempt from the slaying because he did it accidentally. Not if he didn't mean to do it. If you don't mean to do it, then God give you the city of refuge. If you don't mean to make that mistake, to sin against the Lord, God give you the city of a refuge so that you can be run into that and be protected. Then Brother Bramah said, when a sinner can see that you don't have to sin. A lot of people, they sin because they have to sin. That's in a pitiful shape when you say you have to sin. But when you realize you don't have to sin anymore, there's a people that just stand up and curse and laugh in your face and call you an idiot and everything else. They're willfully sinner. See then, there's no hope for them. But the man who does something constantly, they don't want to do it. He steals, he don't want to. He lies, he don't want to. He does things he doesn't want to do. He don't want to be a sinner. There's a hope for him if you can let him see what is the truth. And let me say to put it in this way. If there's a sinner supposed to be here, what is a sinner? Unbelief. That put a lot of people in another category. Even the people that has an unbelief is on them. But if they are not willfully doing it, God said, I provide you a city of refuge. You can come into me, not coming here just for listening to a service, not just listening, just going to the, having a message and then reading or listening, just again, the intellectual understanding of it. But if you have a desire inside of you, you said, a desire for life. I desire for protection. I desire God living inside of me. Then the Lord said, I will give you the protection. I will give you the city of refuge. Just when you have the desire to do so, then He will provide a place for you to escape. Then what about the people that have been overcome by the depression? What about the people that overcome by anxiety? That doesn't change that other person. That person still is a believer. But he just changes status if he recognizes where's the city of refuge are. He changes the status from a killer to a refugee. When he become a refugee, he run into that a place of a refugee camp that is under the protection of the United Nations. 
that are in that refugee camp. No one can go in that refugee camp to drag him out and to kill him because he's under the protection by law. And you are the same way. When you are, no matter what situation that you are in, you said maybe there's a depression spirit, maybe the anxiety spirit, maybe there's the demons trying to do everything. Maybe what those are caused by your own mistake. Maybe that's a cause by your own wrongdoing. But God still provided in a place for the people who desire to run into that city. Not just the knowledge in your head, but in Christ, He provided in a place for you. Said, so run to me. Don't just run to the knowledge. Don't just run to the program. Don't just run to said, okay, temporarily, they will fix my problem. It will never fix your problem. But run into Christ. When you have a desire for So Lord, I want to run into you. I don't want just a temporary relief. But Lord, give me a permanent, permanent protection. Then God will provide the place for you. You will begin the access that it into it. And in the restoration of the bright tree. But I'm talking about how to become an overcomer. It says the only thing you know have to do is know how to let go and let God. It's that you keep fighting at it. See, it will never work. When you let go and let God he said, that's all. All that we need to do is just, uh, how to say this? Surrender yourself, your rights. You know, for the refugee, when they're going, to, when they leave their home, when they're going into the camp, at one time, I saw a little picture, and I was talking about those people that are running from Ukraine. And then they become a, a refugee and went into the, the Poland and a different place. They're literally running for their life. Because of the war happens, the bombs are dropping. And I saw them and they just uh, carried a suitcase. And all their living has been left. And the, the house that they're living in. At that time, when they become a refugee, they don't care that about how much money they have in the bank? They can't even take it. They don't care that, you know, if they can take it any a furniture they just bought. There's not much uh, of the worldly uh, things that, that they have that they can carry the wisdom. All they can carry is just a shirt on their back, a little suitcase, and the things that are put in there just for the essential living. Because in this time, life become a most precious thing for them. Then I'm thinking about it of the people that in this, in this age, what is the most important thing for the people's life? And uh, before, you know, we are, the people can have a lot of uh, uh, things that they are uh, being, uh, you know, they're, they're taking a precious to that. Some of them said, oh, my home is a precious. Some of them my job is a precious. And some of them said, oh, you know, uh, I just uh, purchased a uh, 
or the furniture, I just, I just get a, how many money in my bank account. All of those things. You know, when the, when those are the refugee, refugee, when the, the war started happening, bombs is dropping, none of them can save their life. That only one thing can save their life. They must run as hard as they can and run into that a refugee can. You know, that the coming of the Lord becomes so close, becomes so near. The judgment is along the way. There's none of those things that we consider the precious that on this life become a, become a treasure, become a precious anymore. Only one thing that is very important. Run for your life. That is the most important thing. Other things that will be all be destroyed. This is only time that as I read it before, this is the age of a life, a personal life. Your life is the more important. When the person that in the, in the run to the city of a refuge, he must run to the city of refuge. The reason he has to run, because if he don't run, then that avenger is going to come, overtake him. He doesn't just come, just whistling, you know, just a, He doesn't come just a strolling, you know, just just uh, just walking there and looking left. Oh, what a beautiful tree this is here! You know, what a beautiful building. So that is, he got no time to admire what is surrounding him. He's a nervous. He's in a panic, and his eyes are looking left and right. See if there's anybody lay ambush in him. He doing everything he can. He runs for his life. Because he must, before that avenger overtake him, he must find that safety. That's what the believer is supposed to do. This is the time to run for the safety. This is not the time just whistling it around and looking left and right. Then who's coming, who's not coming. This is the time to run your own life. When a refugee was a running, he doesn't care about how shameful he is. He just go run for his life. Amen. When I saw those refugees, they have some highly educated people. But at that time, the education doesn't mean anything to them. Right. And those refugees, some of them, they had the money in the bank. But that time, the money doesn't mean anything to them. Yeah. Some of them are officials. Some of them had a reputation. Some of them may be the professor. Da, 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 in their university. By that time, all of those things doesn't mean anything. They must have let go because they must have run for their life. And this is the time for the believer to let go everything else but run for your life. Amen. Nothing else is important. Your life is more important. Amen. Your children's life is more important. Your loved one's alive. That is the more important. All the rest of them, you can let go. Just release that all of them. Oh God, give me my life. It's like in the book of Esther. When Esther, the queen, when she heard that about that her people is going to die. And he doesn't let that just a setting aside. There was something get on the little queen. He said, all of you just a fast and a, a fast and a pray for me three days and three nights. 
He said, until I go in to see the king. He said, if I perish, let me perish. What is it important to her? There's only one thing that is important to her. Life is more important to her. And when she went in, she was willing to give up her own life. Then she completing for others' life. That's what we need to do. When we give up our own life, then we're completing for our loved ones alive. When we're willing to offer up our life, when we're in desperation, just like Esther was doing, and all she wants to do is just one thing, to see the king. Because she knows when she saw the king, she completing for life. And that's for what we need to do. When for the believer, there's only the one thing that desperation set it in. Lord, let me see the king. Because when I see the king, then when I saw the person, you're thinking about Esther for days, for months, that it hasn't sold the king personally. I wonder how many days, how many months, how many years for the believer hasn't seen the personal God. And all they saw, maybe it's just a message, all they saw, it's just in the book, but it never met the personal God. This is the time to go in to see the king. Go in to see the personal God. To that a personal life be living inside of us. When you see the person, then your life was saved. When an Esther determined to go in to see the king, then he got extended in the mercy. Then the king reached out to the scepter and said, Ask whatever you ask, you will be given to even half of the kingdom. It's when the desperation set in. Nothing else is becoming important. Only one thing that is important, running for your life. When she was running, when she was desperate to pleading for that, and then her life was preserved, and also the life of her people was preserved. And when we're running for our life, not just looking at right to looking at left, not just uh, just haphazardly, but when we become a desperate, Amen. Lord, there is one thing in my life become a first priority. Let me get a life of a Christ. Yes. And let me stay in the life of a Christ. Amen. Lord, don't let me just become a believer, just reading a message or listening to the message. But Lord, let the life of Christ living inside of me. That message is supposed to give us that type of life. And you also know that God provided the city of refuge for whoever wants to go in. It's not only just the Israelites. The Gentiles can go in too. The sojourners can go in there too. It's for everyone. And another thing, the city of refuge... It won't be too far from you. Because the God has said to the Moses, set up a three cities of refuge that are in the land of Israel. And he purposely put that a three city that are in the distance that you can run into. God never makes things harder for you. He's not making things to become complicated for you. He set up a city of refuge that's in your reach. 
where you become a weary, where you become a tired. Then he said, there is a city, won't be too far from you. When a person wants to be repented, there is a city right in your reach. And some people may say, the Lord, it seems like another trial is just too hard. It seems like it was just a too far for me to see the end of the tunnel. But God will never leave you out of a touch. He will never leave you that are so, so far away that you couldn't have run into. In your reach, there was always a safety therefore you can go to. In your sickness, there was always, there was a healing and not far from you that is for you to be completely healed. No matter how we were, that you're thinking that the children are going for, but God always provided a, a city of refuge. It's not out of a rich, it's right in your rich. And as the time goes by, and the, the Bible said, the, the Bible that we just read, it said, if you, you're in Lord, bless you. If the Lord enlarge your coast, if you give thee all the land, and a promise it unto thy father. He said, if you keep all these commandments to do them, which I commanded this day, to love the Lord thy God, and to walk ever in this way, then shalt thou add three cities more for thee, beside this three. What God is doing, when you enlarge your land, when you start to conquer, when you start to go into the land of the promise, when you cross the Jordan of the river, before you cross, there's already three cities. He set it up. But when you cross the Jordan of the river, where you had experience with the Lord, even in that promised land, He said, I want to add three more. What does God mean? Grace, grace unto that. He's not only give you grace, but He gives you double grace. You're thinking, Lord, oh Lord, I, I'm going through it at a rough time. I'm going through it at a weary of a time. But Lord said, I'm not only just to give you grace, but I give you double grace. Amen. Even when said that you are tired, but Lord said, I have a grace unto you. No matter how weary you are, no matter what situation that you are in, but God give you the grace, not only just one grace. He said, I'll give you double grace. Even for the three city, he said, it's not enough. It's the one, the land starts to enlarge. When the people start to conquering and to go into the land, the Lord has set up another three city for them. Sometime a we believer. And if we become a stronger, and we're thinking, or the devil was a try to say, you know, you become a strong, and you can run longer. You have more stamina. You have an experience of the Lord. But do you realize that a stronger believer need more grace? The stronger believer need more mercy? We're always thinking it's the weak person that need more grace and need more mercy from the Lord. But a stronger person need even more. That's why the Lord provided the city of a refuge it's not just on the river of the Jordan on this side, but it's on the other side. The promised land. 
Even when they're in the promised land. But God said, I will give you more city. I will give you more city of a refuge for you to run into. When you become a weary, I give you more city that you can run into. When you made a mistake, there is a city of a refuge right beside you. When you become a weak, there is a city of a refuge right beside you. When you stumble and fall, there is a city of a refuge right beside you. The more you conquer, the more grace God gives to you. The more you in the promised land, to send the more grace I give it unto you. The stronger you get, the more grace, the more mercy the Lord will give it to you. Oh, what a marvelous God that we are. That we were thinking that there's a preacher need more grace, preacher need more grace. Does a minister need more mercy? They all need more mercy. Actually, we need more mercy and more grace than anybody else. But God provided for us. The strongest spiritual believer, do you need a mercy and a grace? Double grace. He said, I will give it unto you. It will never be a city of refuge too far from you. Just in your reaching distance. Because the grace, it will follow all the day of your life. As you grow, the grace was also growing with you. As you conquer, the city of refuge is going with you. Wherever you go, the Lord will never leave you and will never forsake you. And when you are in that city, then you can have a rest. Because now when you are in the city... You're under the protection of that city. It's not how much able that you are, but the city under the law is protecting you. And that an avenger who's avenging for the blood, he will be sealed on the outside or blocked outside of the city. As long as you stay in that city and you are perfectly safe, you can be protected. As long as you are in Christ, as long as you are in the Word, the personage Word of God, then you are protected. And Brother Rama said, uh, in the possessing of all things, if you remember, he went through uh, an experience, and he had a gun. And then the gun, uh, they tried to rebore the gun. And then they uh, uh, make it as a weather be a uh, magnum. But then that gun was exploded. And because it can't take the pressure. And then Brother Branham has the, uh, the message of letting off the, the pressure. It said because of the gun, it was not born originally. Not a poured originally. So that whenever they tried to board a gun, they didn't board it right. And that if this is original, it can take the pressure. You know that the original believer can take the pressure. The born again believer is the original believer. It's not something to reboard. It's not something to re-educate it or just to reform the believer. But if a person was a born again, they born right from the above. They born right. And then that person can take pressure. 
How to get into the city of refuge? Be received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That the life of Jesus Christ is living inside of you. That He's in you and you are in Him. That you are in that city of refuge. Then you are born right. It's not something just a reformed, but you are transformed. And then the brother Bram is talking about that experience. And uh, he said that the gun was exploded right in front of him. There was about a six tons of a pressure. And the, the, the gun barrels of the blows of the backward. And it was just a, a mist in his head. He said that, that six tons of a pressure should have cut himself in half. But his time is not there. It's ready. It's not ready. So God kept us to the, to the prophet. And in the possessing all things. He said, do you notice? Here in the Corinthians here. He said, Paul said, even of death. We possess death. Think of it. Possess death. Yes, sir. It minds us. Well, glory. I don't forgot about that explosion of the gun now. Why didn't the, he, he talked about a Satan. Why didn't he kill me? Because he couldn't. That's why God wasn't ready. He could have come as much as he wanted to. But he can't take you. Amen. Glory. I pay my debt to that long, uh, to that a long time ago when I believed on Jesus Christ, who's alive forevermore. Now, death listens to what we say. When I was reading that, I was so happy. It's not we listen to death say, but death listen to what we say. How? Because of the debt has already been paid. That's why even death cannot do you any harm. If death cannot do you any harm, sickness surely cannot do you any harm. And the situation cannot do you any harm. The trials cannot do you any harm. Because the death has listened to what we say. Because God has paid all the debt that we owe. If death cannot take to the prophets, the death cannot take you either. Because every death, but Brandon said, a death, hell, and grief, I possess it at all. Because he conquered it all for us. And then he said it was him that's sitting on that bench down there the other day when Satan sent a chance to kill me, but he couldn't do it. How? Why? Because of the prophet, he's in that city of refuge. No matter how the Satan on the outside, he tried to holler, he tried to threaten, but he cannot do it. Because of the death, it's all been paid. When he's in the city of refuge, no threatening on the outside can come in, can drag him out. If they cannot do to the prophet, he cannot do to the believer either. When you are in the city of a refuge, when you are in the Lord, when He's alive living in you, you are in the city of a refuge, then death has to listen to what we say. And He will never do it until Christ says it's ready. No matter how many times He comes, the devil comes, He will go back empty-handed until Christ gives it an order. He said, I'm an heir of a divine healing. I'm an heir of a joy. Got a right to be happy. Why? Because we are in that city of a refuge. 
So what makes you so happy? I got a right to be. How do you know? Because I am an heir to it. I'm an heir to the happiness. I'm an heir to joy. Why? Because we're living in that city of refuge. And I'm willing to live in it. I want to forever live in it in there. I'm under that protection. He said, I'm an heir to the eternal life. I'm an heir to the Holy Spirit. I'm an heir to every evidence that is God. I'm an heir to the authority of a God. Who made you that? Not me. He did. Every one of you is an heir to the same thing. That's why we don't need a fear. That's why we don't fear death. Because the death has to listen to our voice. That's why in Luke 12 and 4. I say it unto you my friend. Be not afraid of them that kill the body. And after that have no more that they can do. And then he says in Matthew 10, 28, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in in hell. Not able to kill the soul. Satan is not able to kill their soul. That's where the God is dwelling. What does an able mean? Able means to be able, have a power, whether by virtue of one's own ability and a resource, or of a state of a mind, or through favorable circumstances. Satan is not able to kill your soul. That is the real you. Why? Because he was not able through favorable circumstances. In another word, God doesn't give him a favorable circumstances. He wouldn't allow the circumstances for him to do that. He will create the circumstances that are around you just enough for the Satan to come close. Then God would drag the chance down enough and no more. God don't give him a favorable circumstances, but he give you the circumstances. The city of a refuge to protect you. And another meaning is that he's uh, able by permission of a law of custom. In another word, Satan is not a permitted by the law or not even that a custom permit him to harm you. He has no resource. He has no ability to do that. When you are in the city of refuge... You are under a different law. The law of vengeance. He lost his rights to kill that person. So no matter what you have done. But if you don't desire to do wrong. If you desire to do right. When you run into Christ. Then you are under a law of a protection. And that an avenger before that has a right to kill you. He has a right to kill that person. Because the witch of sin is death. But when you run into the city of a refuge. You are under the protection of a different law. A law of a city of a refuge. And all of a sudden the role exchanged. The role reversed. That avenger lost his right 
to avenging for blood. And that avenger, after the person get through the boundary, get over the boundary, go into the city of refuge, then the role reversed. The person who avenged the sin, it tried to creep in on you. The demons try to creep in on you. Now, the avenger under a different law. It's the law prohibited the avenger to go in. The law forbidden the avenger to pull the person out of the city of refuge and to kill them. How thankful we are. Satan was now bind by the law. It's not that he used to have the freedom, but now he's under the law that he cannot pull the person that is in the city of refuge out of that. Then the person that in the city under the legal protection and under the avenger at the outside of the city, he do anything that it try to harm the person inside, it become illegal. If I should say, it's illegal for Satan to shut the mystery of a God and prohibit it to be revealed into the children of a God. He doesn't possess the legal rights. You have the legal rights to receive the mystery that's revealed in this age. It's illegal for him to deceive the predestinated seed of a God. It's also impossible, but it's also illegal for him to cover your eye. I try to blind you that don't you, don't do, uh, don't let you see the word of a God revealed in this hour. It's illegal for him to do that. It's illegal. When I thought of that, I was laughing. It's illegal for him to use the COVID to bind, to band that you that are coming to the church. We're thinking it's the garment opened up the, uh, the door so that we can come to the service. No! It's illegal for him to bind us to come into the service because God's word says so. The word of a God said, when you saw that a day approaching, you should gather more. The word of a God Keep you into the protection, but the word of a God also announced Satan is illegal. You cannot isolate my people coming to the service. It's illegal for Satan to hold a sick person and prolong that sickness. But EBA, that's for you. It's illegal for Satan to do so. Because God's word said, by his stripe, that we were healed. And the same word said to the woman, go to the judge. Said, I tell you, he said, shall not God avenge his own elect, which cried day and night unto him, though he bear long with them. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. It's illegal for him to hold our people in a sickness and prolong that. It's illegal for Satan to capture our children. It's illegal for Satan to capture our children and capture them in the world forever. That he doesn't possess the legal rights for it. 
You have the legal right to have your children. Because the Bible said, believe unto Jesus Christ, you and your house shall be saved. It's illegal for him to do that. Let me give you another scripture. Is Isaiah 49, 24. Shall the prey be taken from the mighty or the lawful captive delivered? But thus saith the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away. And the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. For I will contend with him that contend with thee. And I will save thy children. That word said to the Satan, become a illegal. He used to have a legal. He said, I have a right for them. I have a right to kill them. I have a right to bring them into the world. Because they sin. But when you run into the city of a refuge, you're not only be saved, you're not only be protected, and the Satan is also was a prohibited that will go in there to take it anything that belongs to you. That's why the Bible said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that a musician come. He that hears my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is a path from death unto life. If you are in that city of refuge, you are under the law of protection that every privilege, the joy, the peace, the happiness, that everything that was uh, rightfully belongs to you, the law has the protection. And the law were prohibited and Satan is come and to take away anything that rightfully belongs to you. That's why I say, run to the city of refuge. If you haven't been there, if you just heard it about it, if you just read it about it, if you just, uh, maybe your parents, or maybe whoever, let you know it about it. But that's this morning, run into the city of a refuge. Jesus Christ, He is the city of a refuge. No matter what you have done, as soon as you run into the city of a refuge, as I said, you have a desire to do wrong. Do right. You don't want to do wrong. Think about it. Who gave that desire to you? Who put that little willing that inside of you? And I want to let you to do right and to hate wrong. It's God Himself. If God has to put that, doesn't He provide that the city of a refuge for you? You might be in the sickness. You might be coming into the desperate situation. But don't you realize if there is a sickness that always have an answer that healing for that. There's always a have a city of a refuge for any sickness, no matter what you have. But God provide the city of a refuge that for every sickness. Maybe you're in another family situation. But do you know God? 
when you are in that city of refuge, you have all the rights that you have that you can claim everyone that belongs to you. Loved ones, children. Maybe you are in another situation that you are in another backslider situation. Maybe you are in another situation you don't know which direction that you need to go. Some problem that might be unsolvable, and you don't know which way to turn. You don't need to turn in any direction, but turn to one, the city of refuge. That Jesus Christ, that He is the source. That he is your destination. Maybe you haven't been the believer for years and years, and maybe there's the coldness of this earth, this world is start to creeping in. Maybe the Satan is to try to do a lot of harm to you, and then you become a lukewarm. You know that city of refuge is it available for you? He even said, three cities is not enough." I added three more, so that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You know what is the waiting? Waiting is not just randomly, haphazardly, just sitting there. The original word of the waiting is eagerly looking forward to it. Is eagerly with their eye, not just patience, but eagerly. They know something is going to happen. They know God has provided a city for them. They know God has provided a resource for them that they can run into. The Satan has no power as soon as you run into that, and you are willing to stay in that city of refuge. Let us all stand. Let's sing a song. Oh, what a savior! But Ryan, if you can help me out.
time my brother Tim has uh, shared a little bit of with you, but I want to bring another part of this testimony and it to you also. You know, the, uh, just not long ago, uh, the believer, uh, uh, a sister, that actually uh, in China, that actually we've been uh, uh, we've been witnessing this uh, quite a few years as back, and she came into the Lord and become a believer, and so there was a no church over in her place, and so she just with uh, with her husband, uh, I, I don't know if they have a children or not, and her husband is not a believer, and uh, just uh, not so long ago, and her husband um, uh, got a stroke, and so. Uh, the, they sent him to the hospital and while they are uh, checking out on him they not only find that he got a stroke they find uh, he got a cancer and so the cancer is from the limbs node to all the way all his body his whole body was full of cancer and even the doctor was contemplating should they uh, what should they do should they uh, just leave him that way or just uh, uh, just try to medicate it or do some of the treatment for him and then a sister called to the brothers and to the pray. So the brothers uh, uh, get on their knee and then they prayed. Prayed it over. Then the sister, this uh, little sister, she said, uh, you know, I'm not only just to let them pray. I want to pray. I need to pray too. And so she started witnessing it to her husband. And I asked if her husband uh, want, uh, uh, want her uh, to uh, pray for her. And her husband, sure, he said, lay hands on me. So the, the, the little sister just lay hands uh, on her husband. And as soon as she lay hands on her husband, and her hands just start to vibrate, and start to shake it uncontrollably. And uh, whenever she put her hands on where the sickness is at, and her hands started trembling. And then when it comes to the other part of the body, and it has no, no shaking or vibrating at all. And when her hands are moved to, and she said, Lord, I don't know what's happened. But Lord, I still believe that you are the same God. What you have done the years ago in the prophet, the Lord, you still do in the today. Lord, it's not my hand, but you are still the healer. And she lay hands on her husband and from the top, from the, from the head to the, the toe. And everywhere she laid hands. And if there is a sickness there, and then uh, her hand was just shaking and she started to pray. And afterward, her husband said, she said, I don't know what have you done. She said, that, but whatever you lay hands on, on the sickness apart, he said, I feel so good. He said, just keep on laying hands on me. You know, he said, just a simple word of a God. When you are in Christ, you're in the city of a refuge. And to the avenger who avenging for blood, though he was an unbeliever, but he cannot go avenging for him because of the sister claimed that her husband. And then, uh, then a few days later, when they go back to the, to the hospital because the doctor cannot heal them, cannot do anything. And they just send him home. When they go back and he was uh, no stroke and all the cancer cells have gone, gone out of him and he's uh, completely healed. You know that is Satan, he's a illegal. He used to have a legal rights, but he's a illegal now. When you run into Jesus Christ, that city of refuge, everything that you can claim is all belongs to you. As long as you stay in that safety, as long as you stay in there, though the avenger still on the outside, 
There's nothing change without a manger. There's nothing change with his threatening. There's nothing change with his screaming at you. Said, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to use a cancer to take your life. I'm going to use a depression to take your life. You're not going to the rapture. You're not going to the body change. You're just a worthless thing. But you know you're in the city of refuge. He will never change. But he doesn't possess any legal rights as long as we stayed in there. May the Lord bless you. Let's sing another song. He came to me. He came to me. How we thankful to the Lord. It's not I come to Him, but He came to me. Let's sing it all together before we go. you can uh, come up uh, just pray dismiss it us let's just remember our Lord in this atmosphere Brother Raymond let's pray precious Heavenly Father we want to thank you once again this morning Lord even as this song says you came to us when we could not come to you we thank you because father when we came to you you provided a place for us to come and rest in the bosom of the father we thank you lord jesus because lord you prepared a predestinated place for a believer to rest in this end time not only did you let us father just stay in the men's ideas but you brought for the word that could bring sanity back into our souls. We want to appreciate you, Almighty God, for having called us from this dark, dingy world of men's ideas, oh God. And you would, Heavenly Father, be so gracious to lost humanity and you would bring forth the word, Father. 
that would come and restore us back to the faith of our forefathers. We want to thank you this morning, Father, for bringing such a pertinent word that would restore our souls, Father, to what you have predestinated unto us in this end time. Lord, we have not heard from a man today, but Lord, Lord, instead we have heard from the body word of the Son of Man. Father, we pray for the minister whom you have so used in such a marvelous way that he's put himself aside to bring us all, Lord, into direct contact, for us to bump with the angels of God, for, for us to realize our position in Christ, to realize that God indeed, Lord Jesus, you've prepared a place where a believer can be saved. The scripture says the name of the Lord is a mighty tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. Oh, we are safe in the haven of God this morning. And we are living this place, oh God, reassured. Lord, having this reassurance in our hearts. That indeed, oh God, we are safe in your arms. We pray for each and every one of your children this morning that is so set in this wonderful atmosphere that as we are asunder apart this morning, Lord, may we only separate in body, but Father, may we continue in thy presence even for the rest of the day. Almighty God, we pray that may your presence so abide with us, O God. We take this time also, Lord, to remember our pastor, Lord, who we believe is around us today. Strengthen him, O God. Father, even as he is sitting in this very city of refuge also. For the rest of our ministry, Lord, who is across the border in Seattle. Lord Jesus, may you also give them a blessed time there with part of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. With them. Once again, the man of God who has been ordained in that particular area. Lord, may you bring also a city of refuge to those that are called unto this marvelous light in the city of Seattle, Renton. Oh Lord, for those that have been bound as they walked into this house this morning, we pray, oh God, that may we walk away with our freedom. For Lord, we are making a direct choice to Lord run into the safety of the heaven of the word of God today. We so appreciate you, Father, for we have heard from God himself, who has been so marvelous to us this morning. Guide us and walk with us, almighty God. May we walk with you, blessed Jesus. May your hand continue to stretch down and hold ours this morning. May Heavenly Father, the rest of the week that's ahead of us, Lord, may we stay in the bosom of the Father. Undertake for each and every one of us, and we shall be careful to give you praise, glory, and honor in all. For we have this seal of God upon our hearts that you know who that are, that are yours this morning. Bless each and every one of us once again. Father, for till we meet again, even on Wednesday, even tomorrow at the prayer meeting, we pray, Lord Jesus, that you keep each and every one of us at the center of your will for our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, just before we go, let's just sing uh, in Jesus' name we're pressing on. And then we can shake your hands and we shit out. Let's sing in Jesus' name we're pressing on. Amen.
Jesus' name, we press on until we meet it again. You know, I was, I was talking, uh, was it a brother in China? You know, uh, you don't hear that much because I purposely do that because there are many things I just cannot share. But um, once in a while, maybe I, I, I got a wiki leak for you a little bit. Uh, one or another, just uh, not mention the name of it. Just recently, they went to a they went to a place and a new place and they preached the gospel. You know, China they had a heat wave. You know what is the heat wave means? Forty five degree lay in that place, and that a whole that place, the only other places have electricity. Just that area, that electricity was cut off. One day, one day preaching, have a meeting. And they had a three days of a meeting without any electricity. Under the heat of the 45 degree. And in the house, there was no water either. And the brother is uh, even thinking about, should we cancel the service? But in Jesus' name, they said that we press on. When devil fights that hard, there must be something good is there to waiting for us. And so they, they preach on. The, the brother is almost passing it out. All the believers are sitting there. And the believer is so eager for the word, they don't have a fence even because there's no electricity. Then a sister tried to fan the brother and the, well, uh, who's the preaching? The brother said, no, no, that's fine. You can just uh, fan yourself. After the preaching's done, it was soaking from the in and out. And the, all the believer, every one of them was soaking from the inside and out. And day after day, not a one service, two services a day, day after day after day, but after the whole thing's done, you know what? 21 people was baptized. When we press on in Jesus' name. I want to encourage you. Let's press on in Jesus' name. The road might be hard. The winds might be blowing hard. The storm might be the coming. But in His name, we're pressing on. He's our city of refuge. And we're living inside of it. And if the Lord willing, I'll bring a second part. But I won't tell you what it is until we meet it again. May the Lord bless one of you. Let's shake hands with each other. God bless you.